You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating a Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers. And today I'm here with Charlotte and Matt from the symphonic metal band, Terminal Dusk. How's it going, guys? Going good, how are you? Yeah, going going very well, thank you. Great great to be here chatting with you guys today. Likewise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, cool. So, you know, I, I was just saying to you guys, obviously people that listen to this, um, you know, often I'm I'm speaking to one person. I've done it a couple of times with uh, with a couple of us, so we'll have to coordinate this slightly. I don't know who might want to start, but uh, would one of you perhaps be able to just kick things off with a bit of an overview of who you are and what you do? I can. I'll start. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, Terminal Dusk was kind of founded out of like the the pandemic, um, kind of out of out of a fallout of a previous band that I had uh, before. Um, the pandemic started. It's it just was like an instrumental project, and I ended up working with uh, a singer I found on on a Facebook page in in, in Sweden, and uh, we were recording, and um, it just kind of evolved from there. Things didn't work out with her, and, and we just um, I just started writing more music, and ultimately found Charlotte like a year later, and um, yeah, we just. It's been a slow process, but Terminal Dusk is like finally a live gigging band now where we just shot a video uh, a couple of weeks ago with, with um, Sergio from the band Anaria. He flew out here from New Hampshire and uh, we um, shot a video for the song Marionette, which is the title track on our new EP that just came out uh, mid-June. So mm-hmm. um, things are moving and we're really excited. Awesome. That's fantastic. And so, yeah, Marionette, that's the release that has just come out. Awesome um, that you got the video coming. I saw the little preview uh, and that yes. looks really, really cool. Have you, have you announced when that's going to drop yet? Or maybe that's uh, not still yet. I, yeah. It's still being, it's still being edited. We should be mm-hmm. getting like first drafts sometime soon, hopefully next week. Um, but there's no official date set. We're trying to be like strategic with that release. So because uh, mm-hmm. it looks really beautiful and we, we couldn't be more happy or excited for the release itself. So Awesome. Yeah, it looks like it's a fantastic presentation for you guys. Mm-hmm. I think it will be a real statement piece. Um, the EP is fantastic. Absolutely love the EP. Um, Thank you. Three tracks. Uh, you know, one of them was a reimagining of John Lennon that was uh, um, <laughs> imagined. That was uh, yeah. unexpected or unusual. That was pretty cool. Um, so that's a nice thing on there. And you had some releases uh, before that as well, a few singles, right? Correct. Um, came out in 2022. So I guess you you started in 2020, I assume, or said you said coming out that, or you you kind of started something in a pandemic that Yes, yeah. This. So the, <laughs> the project itself started in the pandemic in like 2020, um, but things didn't officially start releasing until... Uh, Charlotte and I were done um, recording The Heart Remains and Orphan Moon 
Um, and that was in 2021, I believe. Mm. Right, Charlotte? Or was like, that 2022? Right. <laughs> no, no, I think it was 2022. We start we we released our first tracks. Nice. Yeah. Because I'm like, if it's officially April 2022, almost two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Charlotte, what what was the process for joining the band like for you? Obviously, we kind of heard Matt's side. Matt kind of got this thing going, basically. And then and at some point you guys have come into contact with each other. How did that happen? And how did you end up becoming the singer of this band? <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, I had originally, I had this other project uh, called Loomis that was like a symphonic metal band, but it was more like a Nightwish style, very operatic and, and that kind of thing. And so then through that, I met this other guy and I was writing music with him and his wife and we were starting our own project there, but they were just kind of like, unmotivated sounds harsh but I mean we worked together for years and just never did anything Mm -hmm. but we have this one song so I'm a I'm a big nerd and I really like uh, (laughs) the series Mass Effect and uh the legendary edition like the re-release of the trilogy was coming out we were going to release a song that was loosely like inspired by that series so we rented studio time we found this guy, uh, Andy Green, online, who we really liked. And so we're like, we're going to hire him. So we hired him as our engineer. And we spent quite a few hours like recording all the tracks and everything. This this song never got finished because the, the main writer and guitarist like, never recorded his parts. But Andy was like, you know, I have this friend that I think you should meet. <laughs> and cool. So and that, that friend happened to be Matt. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Me. <laughs> cool. Uh, nice. And then the rest is history from there. That, may, that makes a lot of sense. So I suppose at that point, you're already there with some demos or songs that you had with another singer. But it wasn't yes. really yeah. Out, so we had The Heart Remains recorded. Um, and I think Orphaned Moon was being worked on, on top of, I think, the, the infant version of Can't Get Away. Um, so I had, I had some tracks to like present, um, Charlotte, but I think I'm not speaking for Charlotte, but I think the the one that sold her was orphan moon. I'm not it totally was. sure, but I, okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. And that I, one I, was, uh, being cool. started, it had started being written. There was a, uh, like a little bit of a melody and there were some placeholder lyrics that he definitely was like, you know, I just thought these things sounded cool, but they're not like a cohesive thing yet. He's like, and I, I believe it was a documentary about orphaned moons that he was watching that just kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of inspired that. And um, I'm a huge fan of Star Set, like my teacher at Star Set, and they're very space themed. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my chance to like work on a Star Set song. So <laughs> I kind of ran with the concept. Uh, some of the lyrics are the original, like visionary lyrics that he had, and then I just took them and and uh, you know, kind of fluffed them out a little bit if you will and and mm-hmm. wrote the rest of it and yeah i think it turned out really nice it was our first true collaboration that's wonderful. true <laughs> wonderful yeah really fantastic i would love to chat a little bit more about your process um first thing that i want to cover though um just for people that are listening to this that may not have heard you guys before um how would you describe your sound overall I think we're kind of like a marriage between a lot of different influences. I mean, on my end, I'm a really big fan of um, Demi Borgir, 
like the orchestrations, um, the dark elements of um, like symphonic black metal. Um, I have, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Um, and I, I'm also very influenced with pop music and stuff. I know that sounds probably cheesy, but I, I try to diversify my musical interests because I, I feel like as a composer, it's really crucial to be well-rounded um, and not so um, narrow, narrow-sighted or narrow-minded with just one particular genre. I like to be influenced by a lot of different things. And um, I, I think a lot of that kind of shines with some of the melodies that I, I come up with as well. And um, yeah, no, I just symphonic metal in general is like my heart beats for that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's probably why I've been doing this for so many years now, writing this kind of genre. It's pretty, it's pretty complicated, but mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I think we're kind of more, we lean more a little of prog rock. I think with some heavy like metal influences, uh, one of my favorite, favorite bands ever is Camelot. And I feel like we're very similar to them. I mean, I'm not Tommy or Roy by any stretch of the imagination, but I think from a musicality standpoint, we're, we're very similar. And as far as uh, being well-rounded and influences and stuff, like I would say my two favorite bands are like Camelot and the Beatles. So they couldn't be more opposite. And that's where the John Lennon cover kind of came into, into play. So, yeah yeah it's it's for us it's like every every member of the band has their own particular influence and stuff and it's just it's kind of fun to um work together to get get those different viewpoints and and everything even though like i consider myself the main composer i still like to have everybody's input and um yeah it's it's just it's good to have a wide variety of options out there Mm -hmm. yeah i get you and i like the i like that both of you you know, you said your different things in your own unique way, but you both kind of came to this point of paralleling, you know, kind of epic metal with, you know, more like pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, that's an affinity that you guys have clearly that clicked for you both. Yeah. And as a band. Absolutely. I think, I think it's important, um, you know, like in, in modern music and stuff, I think a, well, a well-crafted melody really will stick and um I, I, we we really try to create earworm infectious melodies because i i think that's mm-hmm. really one of the hardest aspects of of songwriting is to create that uh, memorable aspect and everything and charlotte does an amazing job with with that and uh i, I couldn't be happier as a, a band member or collaborator with that oh i'm i'm a pretty happy collaborator as well and, and- <laughs> But as far as pop influence, if I'm being completely honest, I taught myself to sing to Mariah Carey albums. So, nice. yeah, there's there's strong pop influence. That's so. a good education right there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. One of the first uh, talent competitions I ever won was singing Dream Lover. And when before, like I went through puberty and my voice changed and everything, I could actually do the high, uh, like the high G sharp six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like a whistle type. Uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, man. <laughs> wow. That's cool. So you guys have both touched base on it about collaboration. And I think we've kind of got a little bit of a gauge of your process. I'd love to um, 
delve into that a little further. From what I gather sure. so far, like Matt, you're you're the composer primarily, right? Yes. Um, that's your sort of primary responsibility. You play guitar in the band, but I understand yes. that you're responsible for guitar and arrangements. So I'm, I'm assuming the orchestration and all this kind of this kind of side of things. Pretty much, pretty much everything. Um, I I do. I I I write and record everything in my apartment. Um, mm-hmm. I do the pianos as well. So like sometimes live, um, I, I'll take my digital piano, like the one that you have behind you, mm-hmm. on stage, and we'll do we'll do tracks. And um, I think this next show we're gonna be we're gonna be performing the reimagined song for the first time live which is gonna be really fun um Mm. but yeah it's composition is so much easier now than it was 10 years ago just because of the advancements in virtual instruments Mm -hmm. and in, in terms of like orchestra i use pretty much primarily um sanyu scores the orchestra three because it right out of the gate, if you have ideas like for chord progressions or orchestral ideas, it gives you that immediately, and you can further mm-hmm. customize, you know, um, the orchestral arrangement by MIDI. So like you don't have to rely on what they're giving you as a template. Like you can go and arrange it even further, which is such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I really think that because of that program, the the music has become much better and well more orchestrated because of that aspect. Um, and then they're just the realism, you know, of, mm-hmm. of instruments these days are insane with piano sampling and bass sampling. If you want to do that, um, guitar modelers, like drums, it's, mm-hmm. it's, in, it's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. I started writing, um, and composing, I think 12 years ago and the instruments back then, are it it's 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 incredible to you know to know where how how it's just evolved over time it's it's mm-hmm. kind of cool absolutely yeah it's it's amazing i want to continue this but there's something that you said that i gotta rewind to for a moment there about this program that you're using that yes. i don't believe that i'm familiar with so is it it's something that provides you with some kind of orchestration yes yes um so like um, the orchestra three is a, a deeply powerful arranger tool for orchestra. And it gives wow. you a lot of different like drag and drop templates. Like if you have a four chord progression, there's arpeggiation, there's different modulation that it provides, but, um, wow. you can also drag and drop that recorded MIDI back into your, your DAW and, um, arrange the notes however you want. So you don't have to rely exactly on that particular, like arpeggiation Uh or melody or brass um progression like you can do a lot i mean it's it's essentially infinite um they sanyu score i i believe are top tier and that's Mm. just my opinion might be a little bit biased because i've been using them but um it's it's such a great (laughs) project yeah it is it is such a great product it's worth the money if you're in this genre or if you're doing trailer music or um Mm. any kind of orchestration at least for um playback it's it's great to have that um obviously mm. a real orchestra would be like the best <laughs> but we don't have that kind of money yet yeah yeah, yeah. yet <laughs> yeah. uh-huh just on tap just like they hang yeah. out back there somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> ready to go i don't have a, i don't have the the, the the Prague symphony orchestra on retainer yeah. <laughs> but uh, hopefully hopefully one day 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's that's really interesting. That that sounds cool because I mean I use a lot of the orchestral VSTs myself. Mm-hmm. Um and I compose orchestra and I love everything about it just as as you say, you know, the the fact that we have such amazing virtual instruments. But I've never used one that will like I'm I'm always going in blank, you know, like I can play on the keyboard yeah. or I can start plugging in MIDI, MIDI myself, you know. But yes. to have it already do that and then be like I want arpeggios here, click. You know, that's, yeah, that's quite, uh, quite something. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I, I can give you a link to the website. I'll definitely um, check it so you out. Can check yeah. it out. I think I, it, it'll revolutionize, I think, a lot of how you approach composition, mm-hmm. um, if not just give you inspiration, um, because it's, it's, it, there's so much contained within this program that, um, the inspiration is pretty limitless, I think, at least from my perspective. And I'm doing this like every day. See, I, I find it, I find it really cool because um, it seems to me to be an, an interesting bridge here. And I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole. <laughs> like I kind of think that, as you say, this technology has developed a lot and I feel like the next place for it to go, like it's all pretty much, well, you could say near or even perfect in terms of like guitar simulators, some of the plugins and stuff sound incredible, man, and they're getting used on top top records. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much already there. Maybe it can get a bit better, but it's pretty much there. I feel like the next step with all the AI technology that's coming out is mm-hmm. that we will be doing this a lot more. More like it will actually kind of, we tell it what we want and it will kind of do it and then we can just yeah. tell it how we want to edit it. <laughs> and none of us will have to play any instruments. <laughs> I, I think that's that's. I mean, this is total rabbit hole conversation. It is. It is. Um, yeah. Because like as a com- as a composer, like I think about these things and like how things could be easier. And like just to give you like an analogy of like AI and how AI could help composition. Um, AI could be a tool. Like if you're doing like a like a solo violin run, these like which are it's a very lyrical, very vocal instrument, and it, you know all these articulations need to be perfect to be real. Mm. Um, based on if you could use ai based on just like the velocities and note length and all the different things you can program like if it knew what you were probably trying to do like it could yeah it could compose it that way yeah. um instead of you know adding all these different you know um modulation or expression wheels like it, it could get you there quicker i think that could be a a, a powerful tool at least for realism you're already mm-hmm. composing the melody it's just helping you, Makes you know, it sound like a with real the articulations. Yes. Violinist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, man, that's just one thing that immediately would improve any any product. Um, as I say, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> go down too much of a rabbit hole right now with it, but I definitely think that you're kind of maybe a little he- ahead of the curve um, with the way that you're approaching the orchestration just by the fact that you're using this tool that really gives you something off the bat that you then kind of mold <laughs> rather exactly. than you going in from scratch the whole way. So yeah. Yep, because I was doing exactly what you were doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, a number of years ago, plugging in, you know, a singular note at a time. And um, you can learn a lot from that, but just as a time saver, you know, yeah, and exactly. it, it really helps having things assist you, you know. And final question about that, just because I'm so curious sure. <laughs> is, um, are you is it like all on one track is it one plugin that's doing like a whole orchestra or you're having tracks for sections or for every single instrument mm-hmm. or or what depends on how you how, it depends on how you approach composition like 
um, for for um, layered layered orchestral samples because um, like the uh, the internal mixing board is uh, it has five different instruments and it's it varies on on the template and the um, uh, preset or whatever. Um, but you can basically just, let's say you just have a four chord progression. You lay that down on your, on your main and MIDI track, and it basically animates the orchestra, uh, based on your mod wheel. So like the intensity wow. and the, the, the amount of, uh, effects and arpeggiation are dictated by, uh, wow. the mod wheel. So like, obviously like the lowest velocity, it'll be more, you know, soft. And then the higher, you know, you push it, then it becomes more of an intense, orchestra you know just wow. uh that's how it's built and it's it's really brilliant on how it does that and you can record that in real time um and then drag and drop that midi from the program back into your daw and it separates it by channel so then you'll have like if you have like arpeggiated violins one and two viola celli and bass like it'll have all of that recorded midi data that you can further go in and arrange right. however you want each one Wow, yep. that is so cool. Okay, cool. Um, I've spoken to a bunch of people that that like composers, people that use um, orchestral VSTs. I never heard anybody uh, talk about using that. So that's really cool. I want to bring Charlotte back into the conversation because <laughs> Charlotte's here still. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is interesting. It is. <laughs> this, we're getting into uh, yeah nerdy um, composing <laughs> composing talk now. Um, no, but... I've uh, been at his apartment before while we've been writing stuff and I'll mm -hmm. see him like fan everything out and start moving things individually. And I am super like not technologically savvy and <laughs> it feels like I'm in an episode of Star Trek when I'm watching him do it. I'm like, wow, I'm like nice. you just moved that and it like did different things. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so the in general, in terms of where we're at, like Matt, you're, you're, you're really kind of, yeah, you're composing, you're making the music, you're making a, a full demo. And I guess, you know, doing the main legwork for composing a piece of music. Um, I guess at some point then you are getting it into a form, which you then show to Charlotte and, and I guess the rest of the band. Um, so Charlotte, what, what is it like when Matt comes to you with an idea and where does it go typically from there? Um, sometimes he'll send me like a snippet, like a, a 30 second to 60 second um, piece before he finishes the whole song. And sometimes I hear it before the rest of the band, but then sometimes it'll just go. We have a discord server that all of us kind of communicate in and we have a special place for song ideas. And um, so sometimes it'll go in there, but um, we'll tell him like, yeah, we think you should finish this one. This one feels like really strong. Or sometimes we're like, yeah, I'm not, not vibing with this kind of thing. But most of the time we like what Matt comes up with. And so then I'll get the whole track and <laughs> my writing process is sort of uh, bizarre, I guess, because uh, I will come into my room here. I put on headphones, I block everything else out and I'll listen to the track by myself like several times with my eyes closed. And I try to visualize what I think the song would be about like what it makes me think about. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very organic thing. And like, it's, it's very interesting because most of the time I don't go in with any like preconceptions of what I'm going to write about. Marionette just came, like, for example, came out of nowhere. I don't, I don't even know why <laughs> when I was listening to that song, I started thinking about marionettes. It just, <laughs> it just kind of happened. And so 
yeah. And so then I'll start writing it and then I'll send Matt a sample. Like, this is what I was kind of coming up with. And sometimes he'll be like, "Mm, this is not what I was picturing at all. I'm like, okay, but picture this. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And so I am uh, not technologically savvy. I do have my own recording booth that we've built uh, in our house, which is amazing because then I don't have to rent studio time every time I'm recording something. But um, I know that there are like choir programs and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm very old school. I, I write all of the harmonies and all the choir parts myself and I record each one individually and stack them on top of each other. Nice. Uh, for Marionette, the chorus itself is five part harmony um, until it gets to the end. Then I add a couple extra parts, but then like the, the bridge part is actually nine different parts. And so wow. sometimes that can get really really time consuming, but it also like my poor computer doesn't know what to do with it. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. once I'm like stacking, you know, like 25 different uh-huh. tracks on top of each other. Yeah. But yeah, okay. that's, that's pretty much my writing process. Matt sends me something and I just, I just write what, what it tells me to write. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The real, like just proper, <clears throat> proper flow state stuff, you know, like where you just get into the, um, in, in, into the right, you know, state, I suppose. And then, and then it comes down to you through the ethers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like that. It's, you know, the, the intuitive approach. Mm-hmm. We've kind of learned over time, like the best way <clears throat> to like work with each other and, and expedite the songwriting process. And so what I will usually do is I'll, I'll write the chorus first um, instead of, um, write like an intro and then you know be very linear with the songwriting i usually want to focus the energy on the chorus first because that's obviously Mm -hmm. the most important part that's what people are going to resonate with um and that and that's what we've learned over time that works best for us and Mm -hmm. um and that's something that as a composer i feel like i should have known when i first started because Mm -hmm. i i think that by centering the idea around the chorus the rest of the song can be built off of that and Mm -hmm. and then that's where you can get an idea because i think things become like really convoluted and weird when when you don't approach it that way um and it's just this is how i work but um for me and the rest of the, the the writing process things just seem to go easier after that has been taken care of it makes a lot of sense yeah i mean yeah, that's pretty pretty cool way to think about it. Really, I, I just suppose that that would be most practical most times. And as you say, in terms of you guys, like you putting an idea in and everybody hearing it, it's like, well, you could put a riff in, and it's like, okay, cool yep. riff. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. I guess that could go somewhere. But yeah, I suppose if you if you really give a chorus, then it's like, does this resonate with you? Should this be a song? So yeah, yep. it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Nice. And you you mentioned about writing melodies and stuff as well so how does this kind of break down like you you've written a chorus let's say um mm-hmm. would you would you dictate the melody in a certain way and then charlotte is working off of that or no no i i yeah so in in the beginning um i was doing all of that um and i had so i, I mentioned growth before as a as an artist and just a collaborator um, it's really easy to get married to ideas. Um, mm. and sometimes your ideas aren't good, you know, mm-hmm. let's be real. Like, you know, sometimes it takes more than one person to write a song. 
And um, I I would in the in the beginning try to write vocal melodies, but Charlotte is so good. <laughs> I don't need to right. do that anymore. So what I so what I will do is uh, I'll, I'll write let's say a, a chorus. Mm-hmm. And then I'll um, do the guitars and the bass and the orchestra, and then maybe some pianos underneath it. Um, but you know, obviously, Charlotte provides all the weight for the melody. Um, but I, I also do you know melodic writing in you know the pianos that I do and everything mm-hmm. else. So um, I'm not in control of the vocal melody. That's mm-hmm. definitely Charlotte, and that's where she's that's she that's where she shines. Mm-hmm. Thank you. At, at the end of the day, honestly, I would way rather be a songwriter than uh, than a singer. I know it's kind of okay. a funny thing to say. I'm kind of an introvert, and uh, <laughs> I would love to, in my future life, be the one like behind writing songs for bands and stuff. I love our project, okay. and I love performing, but you know, there comes an age when you don't do that anymore. And I'm like, I would love to just be like sitting behind, like writing songs for other bands. Nice. Hey, I we're going to be doing this when we're coming. 80, Charlotte. Come on. Oh my gosh, we have know. to walk out on stage on walkers. We're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Cool. No, I like it. So it sounds like you guys have really managed to come to a, uh, to a good way of divvying it up. Um, you know, so Matt, you're kind of starting the process with the instrumental and you're in charge of producing and arranging the instruments. And then Charlotte, you're, you know, you take that and you channel a um you know a melody and a and a and lyrics and 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 the message and then arrange vocals as well which sounds like i mean if you're you know you're stacking choirs having nine parts on uh in in a section and things like that you know you sounds like you're doing some pretty sophisticated vocal arrangements as well so you clearly have a um you said about not being like technical i suppose on the computer front but i guess musically um you know you have a fairly technical approach with uh with what you're doing there with vocals as your instrument i suppose absolutely if um if somebody could teach me how to use computer programs through a song i'd probably remember it forever <laughs> <laughs> nice nice cool so it's it's you're you're very much in the in the uh the feel way you know the music being in tune like the kind of uh empathetic sort of approach rather than the uh, technical kind of rational computer logic side. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> mm. That is true. Nice. Cool. And so what about the rest of the guys? How do they come into it? Like, I suppose you guys are really um, driving it, I suppose. And, and I guess they come in and play their parts. Um, the live band, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Um, so Kevin is our, our lead guitarist and he, he does provide a lot of, um, a lot of input and he's, his guitar skills are so far beyond mine. Like he's on another level. Kevin is, I mean, he, he's beyond, beyond his guitar skill though. Like his work ethic is, uh, I I couldn't ask for a better member and the rest of the, the, our bassist, she's great. And, and Sean, the drummer, they're both excellent, excellent, uh, members of the band. Um, but yeah, it's, we, we usually like, I'll provide that track and then I'm always open, you know, to suggestion if, if some things want to be changed, I'm, I'm totally open for it. You know, it's nothing's solidified until it's like, you know, out in the ether, you know, like that's when the song is like actually the song, but, um, every member of this band is 
vital and they're awesome. Could not be happier. They're talented and they're just really super great people, which is, yes. I don't know how we managed that. (laughs) (sighs) We didn't give up. (laughs) (laughs) And you you all live locally to each other in the the same area. That's pretty handy. I mean, uh, Roy and I live across state lines, but it doesn't take us too long to get over there. So (laughs) cool. Yeah, cool. You you were telling me uh, off off of the recording thus far that there aren't exactly a lot of symphonic metal bands in your area. <laughs> <laughs> there are not. Not nothing. Nothing that's active. I mean, it's they they may be out there, but they're not like doing shows, and they're definitely not like they don't have the presence that we do. Um, I, I feel like Portland, Oregon and the Pacific Northwest in general are really geared more towards like doom and stoner and death metal and like black metal. Um, but our, our style is really not the most prevalent. Mm. I think it's definitely, I would say, I would say more yeah, like ac- acoustic stuff. Acoustic <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like Ed Sheeran is huge here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> nice. Cool. Ed Sheeran and Doctor Who that we have behind yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. Our exports represent. Yeah. I mean, nice. we do actually have a restaurant called the TARDIS Room. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose symphonic metal in general, like we as we were kind of chatting about the other day, um, I guess it's traditionally been much more based in Europe, <laughs> I suppose. And you know, especially Scandinavia and I guess like Netherlands and things have, uh, have quite a few. And um, but it seems to kind of be picking up more and more in the US. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, for you guys, I suppose it's, it's hard if you're not seeing that in your area. <laughs> I suppose it's um, as if you're not part of any kind of scene, I guess. So um, not, in, not in particular, no. Um, although like bands like Within Temptation are very, very popular. Mm. out here it's just bands there's no bands that are like that um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 unfortunate but also it's it's kind of cool um that Mm -hmm. we're we kind of stand on our own and we're not you know doing something that's totally in the scene um we definitely stand on our own in terms of sound and image um i think we're very unique in a good way not in a Mm -hmm. you know not in a bad way (laughs) (laughs) we are on the west coast and while our our favorite genre isn't exactly popular exactly right where we are we're not very far from la we're not very far from seattle we're kind of in the middle of the two and you know even san jose in california they see a lot of uh traffic come through and honestly <laughs> like even the bigger bands like Camelot, they're doing a North American tour. They're totally skipping mm. Portland. They are going uh. to San Jose and they are going to Seattle. I'm going going up to Seattle mm. to see them. And I've I've done that for a number of bands where I'll go up and, and see them play in Seattle and then come and or I'll go down to San Jose and see them. So it's not like we're too far. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm if I can travel that distance to see people, we can definitely travel that distance to play, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, so I, I guess, yeah. Is that your, is that your focus now? Like you, you obviously just have released the EP. Um, 
you know, in terms of what you guys are doing and focusing going on forwards, I assume mm -hmm. probably working on more music and, and getting more yes. into the live side of things. Yeah, we are uh, working on a lot of new music. Um, I feel really confident about the new stuff and I, I'm, I'm really excited to actually share that when it's, when it's all done. Um, but we are working really hard at getting live shows booked, um, working with promoters. Um, ultimately we would like to, you know, be represented by a label, um, you know, to help with a lot of that. And it's just a stepping, you know, it's like baby steps and we are just working very dil diligently and aggressively to try to get there. And I think we're going to, um, cause we're all very motivated people and, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really stoked. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I believe in it. I can see you, see your guys drive and you've got everything together. Um, it's all very professional. You guys make great music. So yeah, I'm I'm rooting for you all the way. Well, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so I would like to I would like to you know uh, change the change the pace a little bit and um, just get a little bit more context on you guys. Um, I suppose individually um, and just a little bit more of your background because you've kind of alluded to a few things and I'm really intrigued. Um, I suppose perhaps Charlotte, we can start with you um, in terms of. When did you like first get into music? Uh, like you said about singing, you know, when you were quite young, like Unbroken Voice and things like that. So I'm really curious what your entry point was and how you went from there all the way to where you are now. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting road. I started off as a, a pageant child, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have been performing since I was about six years old. And I was in the fluffy tutus with my hair done up with like the ridiculous makeup and everything saying my fair share of Dolly Parton songs because country is actually really big out here. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I started. And um, when I was, they won't actually start doing, so I was trained by my, my grandmother. She always wanted to be a singer, doesn't have like a great voice, but she's, she had a great ear. Um, and so she worked with me and they like around here, they know um, professional vocal instructors will see you until you're at least 10, I think was the age was 10 or 12. And so she trained me until I was able to get like a private voice instructor. And even still, even though you're paying them, you still have to audition for them. And uh, <laughs> so I auditioned and I was accepted and kind of went from there. I worked at a roadhouse, uh, like a steakhouse out here, singing country on the weekends, uh, got paid in, in a little bit, but mostly in food and tips. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then from there, I actually started working with a legends band and uh, did uh, Patsy Klein impersonations for a long time. Wow. So yeah, lots of, lots of little weird things, but the whole time I was going through my classical training, um, I trained in Coloratura and, uh, did a, just a lot of classical stuff there. Um, sung Carmen, uh, for a competition, just things like that, Carmenia. But, um, it wasn't until I kind of hit the end of high school and going into college, I got really into jazz music. And so wow. that's where. I think the the writing vocals kind of came from 
And especially in that situation where it's all improvisation, that's, that's kind of how I learned to come up with things more organically because it's just you, usually a three-piece band, and you just have to sing whatever comes to you, like in the moment. Sometimes it's really bad. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's amazing. And then I ended up actually been teaching a vocal improvisational workshop at Clark College. And because apparently I was doing pretty well with that. And so that's where kind of the composition side came from. But is uh, as I was growing up with my Nana and learning classical music and, you know, listening to the Beatles and <laughs> Connie Francis and all of her, her older artists, um, I kind of got into Mariah Carey on my own. But uh, when I would spend time with my mom, who was very young, actually, uh, she was 16 when she had wow. me. So I didn't spend the bulk of my childhood, you know, with her, it was more with my Nana. But um, when I would hang out with her, we would listen to like ACDC and Metallica <laughs> and Slayer. And so nice. I had that whole other, you know, aspect of things. But as far as like this genre, I remember the gateway kind of being the first time I ever heard the um, SNM album from Metallica, you know, Metallica Symphony. Yeah. And it was the first time something in my mind kind of clicked where I was like, oh my gosh, like this is beautiful and it's heavy, you know? And then mm -hmm. um, I, one of my exes, he, he got really into uh, Epica, like he just loved them. And then I was like, oh my gosh, people that have a voice like mine can sing like this kind of music because I like not to sound, it's, it's not a conceited thing, but I have a very pretty voice. It's not, it's not edgy. It's not cool. It's just, it's very clean and pure. So I just never thought that I could even get in to like heavy, like cool music. And, uh, but then that kind of changed everything. And then of course, you know, from there, I learned about Nightwish and Within Temptation and then just like really fell in love with Camelot. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is kind of, history from there that's amazing wow long road weird road <laughs> yeah i mean that's quite a quite a broad depth you know at one at one point i was like wow so you were pretty well versed in country classical mm. and then obviously metal at some point these are three quite distinct things and then you were like and then i got into jazz and i'm like wow you're covering pretty much everything now <laughs> The funny thing yeah. is, I think even to, to this day, as much as I love the, the genre that we're doing, uh, jazz is still my strongest suit. Like my wow. voice just resonates there in a way that it doesn't in other genres for some reason. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not it's not where my heart is, but it's definitely where my voice is. <laughs> That's interesting. And how yeah. do you feel about the other music in general do you still enjoy country music or does it give you like <laughs> nightmares <laughs> or what? no no yeah. i i still enjoy everything um country is one of those things i like older country uh more than like modern day like if i'm going to listen to it, i'm more likely to throw out a merle haggard album than i am oh gosh I don't know. <laughs> Casey Musgraves is a, is a country person, right? <laughs> um, so uh -huh. <laughs> I definitely like old school stuff more. Um, but then I'm also still like a basic white woman and I love Taylor Swift. So there's that. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. Fair dues. Yeah, and so you, uh, uh, I've definitely made Matt sit through me singing uh, Taylor Swift at karaoke. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. 
<laughs> I made you sit through me singing Bobby Brown. So oh, <laughs> that <yeah>. was amazing. <laughs> nice. So, wow. Touche. Yeah, really cool though. Really cool to to hear about your um background. It's it's yeah, unique one for sure, especially like the pageantry and, and things like that. That's uh, you know, quite unique. I haven't heard I haven't spoken to anybody from a background like that. So I just yeah. knew I wanted to sing and whatever opportunity was available to me, I just went for it, whatever mm-hmm. it was. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you've literally been yeah, singing since you were six years old, you said, but mm-hmm. like performing the whole, the whole time. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but you said, you said about like, um, you said, unfortunately, in regards to the pageantry. Um, uh, <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> for my, my Nana than me. Um, okay. I'm definitely... I like to get dressed up, but not, you know, my hair shouldn't be bigger than my head. And, you know, that's not really my, <laughs> you, you not really earlier, my thing. You said being very, you're quite introverted and, and, and such, so. <laughs> exactly. I feel like yeah. when I perform that, it's almost like kind of an out-of-body experience. That's that's Charlotte, no. the performer. That's not like normal Charlotte. I in, in a group situation, I'm not usually like, the center of attention. I'm not one to really start conversation. Like I'm, I'm that weirdo at a party that's like playing with someone's cat or their dog or something. (laughs) 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 So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely like a a whole different person. I have to put myself in a different place to, to be able to uh, be out in front of people. (laughs) I get you. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I totally get you. Um, really, really cool, in- interesting story. Uh, there's also some curious about, but I want to kick it back over to Matt. And well, just ask you the same thing, really, Matt. When did you first get into music? And uh, and you, I think you mentioned that you were in some of the bands and things before. So, yeah. Yeah, my my background is definitely not as interesting as Charlotte. I'll just preface it with that. So, and it's going to be much, much shorter. And- <laughs> yeah, no pageants. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Back in the day, I used to have hair like this before. Amazing. This. <laughs> no. That was just his uh, Halloween costume, though, when he dressed up yeah. as Right. Exactly. Right. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I started listening to music, I think, I mean, I've always been a, a fan of rock and metal, um, but I started wanting to compose it, I think, right around 2006 or 2007, and um, I knew nothing about music. In fact, I, I've never taken a lesson. It's mm-hmm. just been repetition and repetition and lots of really, really bad songs and um, learning how to write, um, how to learning, how to use logic or, you know, any kind of DAW learning how to use my guitar and write pianos. It's just, it's been a a long haul. And, um, I, I just think just drive and just tenacity got me to where I'm at right now. I'm not saying I'm like a, a great songwriter, but I'm definitely better than I was a year ago or two years ago. Cause I've just been doing it. I do it every day. I'm, I'm writing something literally every day. Awesome. So, and that, I think that's what it takes, you know, to succeed, even if you have lessons or not, you know, you, you have to have a ton of failures before you can, you know, start, you know, seeing um, progress and success. I think mm-hmm. that's just from my personal point of view. Um, but I've, um, I've always loved uh, rock and metal. Like I said, I started getting into symphonic metal um 
I, when I, I was in the army, I was stationed in Germany, um, in 2003, 2004. Um, and there's a lot of European bands that I was exposed to. And I think that's like shaped and shifted like my, my interest. I think one of my first bands that I was uh, introduced to was, um, well, Dimu and, um, uh, old man's child and a lot of, a lot of bands from Norway. And I just kind of fell in love with the, the, the symphonic metal dark dark symphonic metal sound i i I, it just resonates with me Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of where i wanted to be i i kind of like idolized these composers um like peter tadgren from hypocrisy and uh galder and silenos from demu and stuff like these guys are like my my core inspiration for um my compositions and how i like you know present myself on stage too you know it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely character-based and stuff but um yeah that's that's pretty much my my history i suppose just um i've i've been in a couple of bands but mostly it's been sitting behind a keyboard and recording and logic and then Mm -hmm. finally this band is the one that really is um the most serious and and doing something so Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much where i'm where i'm at and uh yeah no i'm i'm producing other genres of music too I, I i like to write pop and edm um because i think it's it's also nice to like diversify the mind and not get you know stuck on one thing mm-hmm. and um yeah I just in general i love writing and i love that creative process and i like seeing something finished you know from like just a a, a a a generic riff idea and then it becomes a full project a really great track you know that's what mm-hmm. i i appreciate the most about um the creative process and, and composition so i love that man i think that yeah that's that's really cool that's really interesting and you the thing one thing that you said was about well it seemed from your story as if you were really drawn to writing specifically mm-hmm. and so you wanted to write music and and then got into playing music and and practicing all of these different things that go into writing, producing, etc. Were you yeah. were you playing instruments before that at all? Or no, no, it was one of those things. I just kind of uh, decided to just pick up and just start doing it. And then uh, I, I in the beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning, I used Guitar Pro. Uh, as a, nice. uh, yeah. as a, as a tool for, for composition. And I, I really wish I could get my hands on some of my earliest work just so I could just like laugh at myself, <laughs> you know, just the, you know, cause it was probably just the worst, the worst stuff ever. But I, yeah. So you were I, literally I like going in blind, like, like yeah, you just got yeah, guitar exactly. pro and we're like, I'm just going to click some stuff and yep. make some music. Yep. There, there cool. was no, I had no idea. I had, I didn't know what a scale <laughs> was. I didn't know what, you know, keys were, I didn't know even, didn't even like know what a triad guitar. was, didn't know how to play guitar. <laughs> and I was wow. learning, I was learning how to play. I, I learned how to play guitar by, you know, using guitar pro and learning other people's songs. And then yeah. that kind of built like a, a rudimentary knowledge base on songs and stuff like that. But even still, like it just took tons of time. Wow. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty interesting and, and quite unique story. I would say like, I know a lot of, I know people now that still compose on guitar pro, some really great composers actually. Um, but often, you know, people maybe start like playing guitar or whatever when they're a kid and they kind of like build it and then use guitar pro or whatever. I'd, I don't think I've ever heard it before where 
you somebody like you'd like decided I'm gonna write songs, you know, even without playing instruments and stuff, and then just go and pick all of it up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it was just grind. one of those things. <laughs> yeah, it was the grind. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, everybody's got their own way of learning, you know. I, I still mm-hmm. use Guitar Pro to this day, um, just for reference, um, for like my bassist or our bassist, Roya. Um, she um, she has an interesting way of noting the notes in like a notebook. Um, but I'm I'm also trying to use Guitar Pro to like you know give that visual and audio feedback. That way, mm-hmm. um, you can learn songs quicker, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. That and it's it just gives you that feedback. Um, and it, it just helps. I don't use it primarily for anything anymore other than just like reference tools for either yeah, myself coming back to that riff mm. or for the rest of the band to like, this is how it, how it is according to the logic file. Mm. Cool. Wow. So, so that's interesting. So, so you were just a music fan before that, basically like rock, pretty much you, said you always like rock and metal and yep. then it was this time. <laughs> in the army that you were stationed in Germany. And so that's, I guess, when music started, I don't know, hitting you on a deeper level or especially this kind of dark symphonic music that you were exposed yeah. to at that time. Yeah, I think a lot of it, it might've been, it might've been boredom, you know, sitting in barracks <laughs> and not doing anything. And uh, I, sure. I, I had a, a really crappy laptop and then I had like Guitar Pro 4, whatever. Mm. Um, and it just was, it started off just, you know, with a crappy little, guitar and guitar pro and that's how it just kind of evolved Mm. and then it really wasn't until i got out of the military and invested in like an imac and some cheap east west symphonic software and Mm. you know some basic recording gear and at that time i still didn't even know what i was doing like with Mm. recording it was a lot of a lot of headache trying to figure things out um Mm. but just takes time you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And I kind of like a little bit of a parallel that if that's when you started, then sort of a bit bored in these barracks on the, on the little laptop. And then, you know, if you fast forward, then it was like the lockdown when this band was yeah. born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yes. It was circle. exactly <laughs> like that. It, it definitely full circle. All of the venues in Portland were shut down um the there wasn't any bands doing anything you know so i i actually kind of used it was it was kind of a blessing in disguise because i used the, the pandemic to learn more and um just create more and mm-hmm. kind of focus on what i really wanted out of music and where i wanted to be and um this sound that we have is where I want to be, you know, mm. uh, in terms of like a professional act, like this is what I want. Um, but yeah, it, it's blessing in disguise. It was unfortunate because we couldn't, my previous band had to quit because everything was shut down. The rehearsal studio that we were at, you know, shut down people just kind of, you know, uh, dispersed and were not interested in playing anymore after that. So it was really just me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super thrilled about, you know, where things have gone in the last few years. And um, I think everybody else is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, as well, you, you mentioned about doing some other kind of music. Are you releasing any stuff or is that just kind of for fun? 
Oh no. Um, well, the the pop and EDM stuff. I'm actually uh, working with the the singer from Anaria, Jessica. Uh, her and oh, I are going to be doing some uh, pop tracks and everything. I have like eight songs done. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, cool. I want to do I, I want to do four more. Uh, that way we have like, like a, a whole, whole year's album. worth of. Uh, I'm not trying yeah. to plug this project that I'm in right now, sure, but no, I'm um, just curious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we the the idea is um, we're gonna have like a year's worth of release, and we're just gonna release a song every month. Things have been busy in mm. in in her camp, um, but hopefully soon we'll be able to start releasing that stuff. Um, but our music in general, um, we have a lot and we're just trying to kind of be strategic with what we want to release. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be releasing, um, a re-release of the heart remains <clears throat> okay, and, cool. uh, that's going to be a remix remaster. Um, I also recomposed the song in an acoustic version, um, which is wonderfully done. Charlotte did an amazing job on the vocals on that track because it's, a lot more somber and um it's just uh acoustic guitar piano and bass mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely more stripped down and more intimate i think mm-hmm. uh really excited about that um so that's that's coming in the pipeline um that'll be the next release date we that's to be determined i think what we're focused right now on is the the video when we want to release mm-hmm. that and what we want to do with it so mm. Stay yeah, tuned. Man. We got some good stuff coming up. Just out of curiosity as well, um, I'm not sure. I probably did a look at your credits, but are you are you mixing your music as well? Mixing, mastering, doing that sort of things? Or I was. And then uh, Sergio, the guitarist of Anaria, um, he's doing the mixing and the mastering for now. But mm-hmm. um, I think I'm going to take over the mixing for the album. Um, he's wow. he him and i have been working together um kind of he's teaching me a lot of a lot of cool new tricks and everything and i think just for, for my own um ability as a producer i i i want to have that that extra knowledge base so i can i can do at least the mixing side and then the mastering can be done you know by some other party mm-hmm. sergio oh, really yeah. is like the sixth member of the band <laughs> he really is he really yeah. is you really yeah. have an affinity then with Adaria, right? By the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are the they're great band. people. <laughs> they are great, great people. They're from New Hampshire. And um, I actually met him on Facebook on some symphonic metal group. I, I think I reached out on this forum and I just asked like, hey, just wondering like if anybody wants to collaborate on something. I can't remember the exact post, but uh, he reached out and then we started working together and the the funny thing about Marionette is that song was originally supposed to be me and Sergio's song, and then he got really busy with something, and life got in the way, and um, it just kind of sat there. And I'm like, you know what? This I have these tracks that I wrote for him, and they're not doing anything, so I'm just going to use them as Terminal Dust songs. So I pitched it, and then that's how uh, Marionette was born. Right. And it, it cool. yeah, so it was kind of an interesting backstory with. Um, uh, marionette at least and i attached to it right away i fell in love with that song right away <laughs> perfect yeah it was meant to be <laughs> it was meant to be it was really meant to be and then you know talking about the video that we did for it like charlotte crafted uh amazing lyrics but then the visual component she also had this vision for this this video mm-hmm. and it, it it's just 
it's it, it's incredible like the marriage between the two i mean we we hired a stilt walker for the for nice. the video and he was puppet back master, there and he yeah. was like the puppet master and like it it's just so haunting because like we were in this like our, our guitarist works for a uh, uh ducati and um they they allowed us to use a, a sister warehouse had to shoot the video in and it was like honestly it was like 100 degrees fahrenheit in there yeah. <laughs> and probably more it was so hot <laughs> and but it was oh. so cool because it was a really warehouse vibes and the lighting and everything was just haunting um it it was the coolest experience i think just those two days and when he says i craft the visuals like i literally crafted the yes. visuals like, i handmade so oh. many of the props oh wow. literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah. wow Nice. Like, <sighs> wow so you make yeah cool so you just have an all-round creative approach then i suppose <laughs> yeah i'm definitely like a very um artsy person is is overused and cheesy as that sounds but yeah. oh, sounds cool yeah sounds cool i mean i'm not hand making any props so uh, <laughs> yeah i love that yeah. it was it was, it was definitely i loved your word choice it was perfect <laughs> yeah props <laughs> you know here like she can't she crafted this whole thing i'm like damn straight i did <laughs> yeah you're damn straight <laughs> Literally. yeah it's an it's addicting actually um doing music videos and and sergio is like I, i'm just warning you this is going to be addicting and he was right like i'm like excited for our next project and our next big photo <laughs> shoot and everything because it's it's oh, fun to get all man. glammed up and go and look evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we look nice. evil. We looked cool. <laughs> yeah, we look cool. Some of those pictures look really dark, and I love that the atmosphere, the lighting, and the fog. Beautiful, yeah. be beautifully mm -hmm. done. That's it. Yeah, yeah. As as I said earlier on, like it's it's a great presentation of you guys, um, the way they had it in the in in the press back or whatever. I don't know if everyone's seeing that, but soon enough, everyone will see the video and everything and. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. It's a great vibe. Thank it's you. The music, really, really well. Uh, yeah, I super. Yeah, love it a lot. Um, I think uh, you know. Obviously, we've been speaking for a little while now. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you guys are rather busy. Um, uh, you know, I'm curious. Like, the, especially with two of you here, there's loads that I feel that we could talk about. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, both both of you guys have a lot of interesting things going on. Um, Perhaps, you know, before we wrap up, I, I maybe just to cover a little bit of ground, I'd love to, but each of you individually, I'd be curious to know something or maybe some things that you're super into outside of music. How about you, Charlotte? <laughs> you clearly have a lot of cool interests going on, like considering your yeah, arts my, and crafts uh, background. I know. <laughs> no, that's, that's where we are. I'm like, I have my anime wall scrolls here. I've got my video game and anime figures. I've got my sewing machine over there. Yeah, I just, that's amazing. My, my curtains, I actually made them as well. Incredible. Just, yeah. That's, that's, that's me. I'm very, I'm a very hands on, very, uh, I love to create things. I'm just a creative person. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I don't have a lot of time for, for it anymore. I have an almost four-year-old. He'll be four in a couple months and oh. that's the majority of my time sink. And a lot of the mm -hmm. times when I'm working on our music and stuff, uh, Matt and I were just talking about this the other day, I put him to bed. 
I go hang out with my husband for a little bit. And then I'm up until like two or three in the morning working wow. on stuff. And then I'm up at seven 30 again with, with the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's pretty much my existence right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I do a lot more video gaming these days than uh, anime viewing, but there was one thing I was thinking about uh, that I didn't mention. There is a, an anime slash video game composer in Japan whose name is Yuki Kajiota. Mm. And uh, she is a phenomenal vocal. Like she's a great composer in general, but I love the vocals, the dissonance and like the, she does the kind of round sort of thing where people aren't singing the same things at the same time. Like they're singing different completely different parts sometimes completely different lyrics and Mm. kind of the back and forth conversational type harmonies and a lot of that kind of shines through in the way that i write there are so many times when i write things and i'm i would hope that she would write it in a similar way i get you so a big inspiration for you yeah absolutely and like who who would have thought that like this anime music that I was listening to, particularly when in my teenage years uh-huh. would translate so much to what I'm doing as like a grown ass adult. So. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said you said you're a big Camelot fan as well. So I suppose mm-hmm. that, that like operas and this kind of thing with the, with the dialogue and the fugal kind of melodies, as you say, I suppose is, is an interest of yours then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say Camelot actually has a lot of similar qualities to Yuki mm. Kajimoto. And that's maybe why it was, so drawn to them because mm-hmm. as far as like uh vocals i i couldn't be more different from like roy or tommy they tommy's got a, a much brighter tone for sure and but they each have this kind of brooding like slow vibrato very dramatic uh performance style about them where i think i'm definitely way more similar to like simone simmons we have mm-hmm. pretty identical like types of voices I'm definitely not as, as good as Simone Simmons, but I think on a, on a base level, mm. we're very similar, but I'm definitely more drawn to like the darker, deeper and like, you know, just more, mm. more brooding sounds, I guess. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but then I listen to anime music, which is like the polar opposite. The opposite yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in karaoke, she'll go and perform something in Japanese. Amazing. <laughs> For, it's pretty like incredible an anime song yeah <laughs> i actually won Japanese a pretty music. big uh competition at anime expo back in the day where Whoa. i got to perform for like a pretty big like japanese music producer and and things like that so that's wow. that's definitely a lifelong love of mine as well it's so cool it's just like it's a whole own thing i mean again considering <laughs> these huge different areas of music you worked in that's a completely different one again <laughs> You know, that's quite, quite I've never something. written any Japanese music, though, I will say right. that. I'm not fluent enough to write in Japanese. Sure. But I suppose if you listen, if you listen to so much of the music, I guess you can sing along with some of your favorites. So oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, I, I can't say I've listened to a lot of anime music, but there is one particular composer that I've listened to so, so, so much, um, which is a composer called Yoko Kano. And oh, did... yeah, Cowboy Bebop and the seatbelts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I listen to the seatbelts. All of that Cowboy Bebop music, especially, I listen to that so much like over the years. It's on all the time. Yeah, I absolutely love it. <laughs> so the song Cats on Mars, for some uh, reason, is something that I just sing around my house all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like awesome. always... Yeah, so Yoko so Kano, cool. I love her. Yes, absolutely. 
That's so cool. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and that's cool because I can't say that I meet a lot of people that even know who she is. So, you know, that's something. <laughs> Which is kind of a shame. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. Because sure. um, I don't know if you're very familiar. <laughs> I know Cowboy Bebop's the iconic one, but she did a lot of music for Ghost in the Shell. Especially yeah, that was the, the other conference. main one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then Orga, the, the Russian mm-hmm. singer who unfortunately is no longer... Yeah with us but the stuff that they worked on together is just phenomenal so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah <laughs> yeah I, yeah i love all of that stuff yeah i like the cowboy um sorry the ghost in the shell ones too those those ones always kind of came together for me because like in the middle of the night on tv or whatever the, like those were the animes that they always had cowboy bebop and ghost in the shell <laughs> so that was my main relationship to uh to anime and yeah those soundtracks always stuck with me man yeah lots of right, great well, songs so Moon. eclectic right sailor mm-hmm. moon was my gateway drug so you know that the, the cartoon network stuff right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah amazing nice very very cool let's kick it back uh, let's kick it back over to matt and um you've had some time to think <laughs> oh yeah no I, <laughs> yeah no i got plenty of t- yeah so living in the pacific northwest i'm, I'm really big into uh, hiking and backpacking and stuff living out awesome. here is we have so much nature that, I mean, you can spend That's a lifetime, great. you know, exploring and, and finding new things. And we are kind of blessed actually, because I'm originally from, uh, Minnesota and North Dakota, which are very flat, at least the part of Minnesota that I grew up in. So when I first moved out here in 2016, um, it was, uh, a bit of a, a revolution. It revolutionized like, like who I am as a person. I, I, I wasn't really into like outdoors before moving out here. Um, just seeing the mountains and seeing the waterfalls really made me want to be more part of nature. Um, and I tried to the best of my ability to go out and do things, you know, especially in the summertime out here, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I love running. I love my cats. Um, I have two cats and, um, um, I'm actually going to be uh, running hood to coast, uh, running from the top of Mount Hood to the ocean. Amazing. It's um, yeah, so it's that's going to be a big thing later on this month. Um, but is that yeah, like a, what is that like a marathon or something? Or? It's like a marathon. Yeah, it's like a team of twelve people, um, and you're in a van and you do relays, and um, oh. it's it's hundred. I don't know how many miles it is total. I think it's like 130 or 140 miles but um yeah it's Whoa. it's going to be my first time doing that and but you're, um, but you're running a, a like a section of that with the relay team you're not yeah, you, I think you're, miles. no you, you're assigned <laughs> like particular like likes i guess yeah, yeah, um yeah, and then okay, you do yeah. that and then it's like relayed from there mm. um but yeah you know usually i like to just be outside in the summertime because come the winter it, it's it rains like eight months uh-huh. nine months out of the year you know so it's 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 pretty crucial to get out and get some sun because i think a lot of people here are vitamin d depleted myself yeah, yeah. included so i need sun <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. um but yeah no it's beyond composing I, I i just um i love nature i love cats and i like running and that's uh travel nice. all that good stuff yeah that's good man. that's good I love how polar opposite we are. He asked us about, like, I like to stay in and play video games. You're like, I like to be outside and run. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's, you know, you guys are, uh, you 
equal each other, you know, uh, as collaborative <laughs> partners. So it's, yep. it's nice. It's a nice balance. Yeah. I was going to, jokingly, I was going to pitch the idea as a band, we go like, like skydive as a band, but I, I have a feeling Charlotte's going to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you anything. It'll be, it'll, it would only be me and Kevin. I bet you anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ryan might go for it. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't think Sean would. Cause you know, we are no. the only two that have kids. So we want to yeah. live for our children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. your cat? Who will they have? Nice. You can go with Rosemary. <laughs> that's true. Nice. That's cool. But so an active lifestyle though. I, I like that. And I guess you have a background military and things like that as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's cool, man. I, I, I like that. You know, it's, it's good. Um, yeah. Good. Like, I guess you, you know, maintain a discipline like that. And you said as well, like you could post every day and such. So, you know, I think that's probably a big part of it. I think, mm-hmm. I think, that mentality stuck with me over these years and everything just with discipline on, on every aspect of my life for the most part. Um, whether I, whether I, you know, um, recognize it or not, I think it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good thing. It's a good yeah, thing to sure. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. And I mean, it's definitely like a a very traditional composer approach, you know, to compose and walk in nature. That's what all of the the great classical composers, that was their life, you know, (laughs) composing and then they, and then they take to the hills, walk in nature, you know, (laughs) and that was it. That's the good life. (laughs) It's a, it's a good way. It's a good way though, to uh, decompress and just, you know, Mm -hmm. commune with nature. I think, you know, with, with today's lifestyle, everything is so fast. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, getting away from social media is mm-hmm. imperative, you know, for, you know, at least a day or two and, you know, then, and then coming back is fine. But I like to just go and reset yeah. being out in the mountains is like my reset. Mm-hmm. And so do you get to do it so much when it's raining and it's like cold and dark in winter? <laughs> I, I still do. Uh, but it's, it's hard, it's hard getting up to some areas because of the, the snow, like it rains down mm-hmm. here and in, in, in the Valley, but you know, obviously when you get up, you know, three, four, 5,000 feet, you know, you're, you're dealing with a ton of, ton of snow, but mm-hmm. I have a, I have a pretty cool Jeep. I can get through some nice gnarly snow, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun being out here any time of the year. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Nice. I, I love I love the contrast. <laughs> really we, we are very different people. <laughs> yes. We're very similar, but we're also very different. Yeah, exactly. Our, our humor yeah. is similar. I think it's really yeah. similar. <laughs> and we have similar work ethic, I would say. Yes. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, again, like, you, you know, you complement each other in that way and you can bring different things to the project and the fact that you guys have grown into the sort of trust you have with each other and working working yep. together. Like it seems to be blossoming just, you know, perfectly for you guys. As a I'm really happy with that. You know, I think, you know, in the beginning, like I was mentioning before, you know, it was all, it was all me. So sometimes like you get married to ideas and Charlotte yeah. taught me, you know, that, you know, it's teamwork is very important. And um, I'm, I'm really happy with that progress and where I'm at and who I've become, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a team member and a, you know, bandmate and stuff like that. And, and a friend. 
Yeah. I think. <laughs> no, I, th- I think we've gotten there. I'm, okay. I'm kind of a, a not going skydiving person. Though. Not yeah, skydiving. <laughs> I know that there was one time where he said we were friends. I'm like, Matt, we're not friends. We're bandmates. And I think he never really let me live that down. And that's why he, he does that. And I was like, I, I think we're friends. I'm like, no, at this point, yes, I would agree with you. <laughs> okay. Good. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Cool. Is there anything else in particular that you guys would uh, would like to chat about or get in there? Yeah, I um, just keep a lookout for the new video. Um, we'll definitely be dropping a bunch of hints when that gets closer. We're, we're also, like I mentioned before, re-releasing The Heart Remains and its acoustic version as well, uh, which we are definitely excited about. And Sergio is going to be doing the mixing and mastering on that, on those. And um, yeah, we're just booking shows left and right. And I um, hope we can see y'all soon. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. It's, it's really thank you. such a pleasure yeah. getting to chat with you both. And uh, yeah, as, as Matt has said, obviously, you know, encourage everybody to go check the band out um, and, yeah you know all of the details will be included in the episode so thank you guys and uh yeah thank I, you i look forward to uh touching thank base you so much for having us <laughs> yes thank you so much thank you for listening to this episode of creating a universe a special thank you to charlotte and matt from terminal dusk for joining me i really enjoyed this one be sure to check out the band at terminaldusk.com links will be in the show notes that's all for this one i'll see you next time